You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you this morning. I feel like I could have just kept on worshiping and kept on praying, and we could have uh, just done that this morning, but man, it was, it was just so good. Thank you, team. Um, so uh, I've had a crazy, crazy couple weeks, um, and uh, I was... Uh, sick for a while, and I'm, I'm just glad to be back with you guys. Um, and uh, I just kind of wanted to share with you guys vulnerably this morning. Is that okay? I mean, not that I don't always, you know, but I mean, it's not like this one time I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys. Like, no, not that, you know, that's not me. But um, my mentor told me one time when we were having lunch, one day there's going to be a Sunday where you have to, because of circumstances, go up to the pulpit, and you don't know what you're going to say. And I said, heck to the no. That is not going to happen to me. Forget all that noise. Because when I first started becoming um, in, into uh, preaching, I was terrified. Like, terrified. And I would, like, write every single word of my message out and like not read it, but pretty much read it, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so, you know, I have to say my mentor is right because I'm not sure what's about to come out of my mouth. So um, I, have a, <laughs> I, have a, I have a scripture this morning and we're just gonna go through it together. But um, I just wanted to be vulnerable with you guys. Like it's been a, it's been a heck of a couple weeks, you know? And it all, it all started um, a couple weeks ago when we were in service together, and the Lord gave me a word for someone, and that word was, today's the day. This person was in pain. Uh, it was our friend Ricardo, who's on the teaching team here, very uh, beloved member of our church. He's one of my best friends. I've walked with him uh, for a long time now and have seen him in pain over the years consistently um, and just brokenhearted for him. We've prayed healing over him so many times. We've prayed for relief. We've prayed, um, you know, anything we could think of that was, you know, uh, would be considered within something that the is in the Father's character to do, you know. We've prayed it over him. And still he gets no relief, right? And so the Lord gives me this word as Ricardo's sharing vulnerably about, um, about his back pain and how bad it's been and how he can't barely work, he can't sit down, he either has to stand up or lay down, which makes car rides really difficult. Who was here that Sunday? Let's just raise, okay, good, good, okay. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, so... I can't, so I said, Ricardo, the Lord gave me a word. I, I don't normally do this kind of thing, but like, I believe the Lord said, today's the day. So we're going to lay hands on you and we're going to pray for you. And we're going to pray healing. We're going to declare healing over you. And, and uh, so, so we did. A bunch of us came up here, laid hands on Ricardo, prayed over him, and 
interceded on his behalf. The Holy Spirit was here in a thick presence, like there was no denying the Spirit's presence here, but Ricardo wasn't healed. And so afterwards, I was very confused, as you can imagine, right? And I don't care that I came up here and said, today's the day. The Lord says, today's the day. You're going to be healed. Like, I always say to the Lord, if I'm a fool, I'm a fool for you. Like, like I don't care about embarrassment. Like, I don't care about, you know, the public eye or anything like that, which is why I just try to let you know up front, like, I don't know what I'm going to say right now, you know? (laughs) Um, uh, But, like, Lord, if I'm a fool, I'm a fool for you, right? And so, like, I don't care about the looking like a fool part of it as much as I care about, Lord, why would you give me a word like that and he not be healed, you know? And, um, and so I was wrestling with that, honestly, and I was kind of in a funk for a few days. I remember driving home. The enemy is so crafty. You know that? The enemy is so crafty. Satan is so crafty. And so I get in the car after the service. I'm always the last one to leave. And uh, so it's like an hour and a half later or something like that. I get in the car, and the way that my phone connects to the car, sometimes it automatically just chooses a random song and starts playing. Well, the random song this time was called Faith Healer. And the first two lines of the song was Faith Healer, Snake Oil Dealer. And I'm just like, just a wave of shame and regret and just the enemy did its work in that moment. You know, like it made me just want to weep, you know. And, um, and so I really was wrestling with that. I called Ricardo the next day. So many people were texting me like, hey, you know, just because he didn't get healed during the service doesn't mean he's not going to get healed today, you know? So maybe it's like within this 24-hour spectrum or something like that. So we were all interceding, praying within this 24-hour period, and 24 hours comes and goes, he's not healed. And I'm just like, why, God? Why? Why, why would you allow? Why? I started to think, like, maybe I didn't hear the Holy Spirit. Maybe I didn't hear that word from God. But as I reflected on the time and as I reflected on the word, there's no doubt in my mind that it was. There's no doubt in my mind that it was the Holy Spirit. There we go. Okay, yeah. There was no doubt in my mind that it was the Holy Spirit. So I'm just like frustrated and I confused. And thankfully, I have really good friends. Who's thankful for really good friends? Like, yeah, I I mean, I have, I mean, so many of us in, in this house, like right now, like we do life together. We're not just like, you know, church people and and if you're new with us like we want to do life with you like you know we want to be friends we want we don't want to just be friends we want to be family you know and uh and so thankfully I have some good friends that reached out to me and uh you know uh, encouraged me gave me uh, some some words and, and of wisdom and and words from the Lord and and I was able to 
kind of pull, my, pull out of my funk, you know, and my mentor, I uh, talked to him on the phone a lot, the same one that said you won't, one Sunday you won't know what you're going to say, which is today, um, and um, talked to him for a long time, and, um, and the conclusion that I came to with all this, and it's still real fresh, is it okay if I share something that's fresh? is that the clay can't tell the potter what to do. The clay can't tell the potter, like, I want to become an ashtray. You know, like, (laughs) I don't know why I chose that, but like, you know, the clay doesn't get to decide. You know, the clay is an object of the potter's vision and creation and as the potter is the the potter is the create like the creator of what the clay is going to be the clay grows according to the potter's vision you know the potter the the clay doesn't get doesn't get to hold the potter accountable and say like Hey, Potter, you said you were going to make me a jar, but I see you making me into a coffee mug, and I don't like that. You know, like, the clay doesn't get to say that back to the potter, because the potter has knowledge beyond the clay, has a vision beyond the clay, and... The potter is gracious enough to be patient with the clay and mold it, you know? And I don't know what today is the day means, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it was way bigger than just Ricardo's healing, which I do believe is still on the way. And... Um, and... Uh, I believe that we as a church family may look back on that day, probably will look look back on that day, and say that was the day that the Lord began something. That was the day that marked the beginning of Ricardo's healing. That that day may, may, that we may look back on that day and say, This is the day our church came alive and aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in our midst, the presence of Jesus in our midst. Like that 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 day may be the day where we look back and realize this is where true life began as a family. And uh, so I want you guys to continue to intercede for Ricardo. Don't, like, we don't, one thing that my mentor hammered home with me was that, you know, we pray out of obedience. Jesus told us to pray for the sick. Jesus told us to heal the sick. And we do those things out of obedience and not necessarily out of results. You know, we leave the results to the potter. You know, we leave the results to the potter, but we as clay have to uh, 
allow ourselves to be molded as the potter sees fit. And so if he gives you a word and you're sure it's the Holy Spirit and he, like I did, and you step out in obedience, like nervous and scared or whatever, and like, like, Lord, I know I've seen you heal people. I know you can do this. So if you're saying like, let's, let's go, you know, and if the Lord is, is, uh, is giving you a word or is telling you to pray for someone or is, uh, I don't know what the circumstances is, but it's more important that you're obedient than you see the results. Does that make sense? It's more, obedience is more important than seeing the result of the, of, of the obedience. Because Jesus makes it very clear in John 14 that, you know, if he, he says, if you love me, right? If you love me, um, and what, 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 is he, what does love Jesus mean? Like, if I were to ask you if, you if you loved Jesus, you'd say, yeah, I love Jesus, sure. But how Jesus describes it in John 14 is he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments, right? Like, those are, those are in the Old Testament. Jesus said the, when the Pharisees were, were questioning Jesus about what are the most important commandments, you know, and, and, and he said, they were trying to trap him, and he said, love the Lord your God with all your mind, your soul, heart, and strength, or something like that, <laughs> and uh, love your neighbor as yourself. The whole, all of the commandments are summed up in these two commandments. Right? So those are, the, those are the two commandments that Jesus gave us, but I believe that, the, that the, uh, you will keep my commands is, is, is even, it goes even deeper than that because we're supposed to follow Jesus' example, right? Like, um, let's go ahead and turn to John 14. Um, let, me, uh, let me set it up just a little bit. Um, could somebody get me a glass of water? My throat is super duper dry. Thanks, Jeff. Um, thanks, everybody who stood up to try to get me water. <laughs> um, uh, so the setup is uh, John 14 takes pl- place during the Last Supper. And uh, the Last Supper begins on John 13. Jesus uh, washes his disciples' feet, which was unheard of of a teacher, right? It was unheard of. Uh, and he also revealed uh, Judas, thank you, brother, appreciate it. I always wanted to have somebody bring me water while I was preaching. <laughs> I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and, um, and so like uh, when, when the preacher got really worked up and like started sweating, the cue for water was like he would pull his hanky out of his pocket and like start dabbing his forehead. <laughs> And then somebody would bring him water, and I always thought that was like, that's cool. <laughs> Anyways, we're on this journey together, people, so just stick with me. Um, <laughs> Jesus washes disciples' feet. He also revealed Judas as the disciple who will betray him. Uh, Jesus has been 
uh, preparing the disciples all along for his death and resurrection, but in chapter 13, he begins to really speak openly and boldly about the, invent, the events to come. And, uh, but he also gives them some instructions that they will need for after he's gone. Um, uh, you don't need to turn there, but John 13, 33 through 35 says, little children. And he doesn't mean that in a derogatory way. He, you know, he's, they're his students. They're his his, uh, his followers, his, his, his people. And so uh, he's, he's trying to impart knowledge to them like, like you would like a child. And so he said, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that we are disciples. You are my disciples if you have love for one another. And we talk in church a lot about love, right? We talk, uh, we talk a lot in church about love and, and not so much about hate. Thank you, Brian, for, for bringing that. But I, I think like maybe we need to describe what hate looks like in church every once in a while because sometimes, in my experience, church people can come off as the most hateful. So like, and I don't mean that in like a, uh, I don't know, I don't Hateful way, yeah, no. A, uh, I mean that in, in a loving way, but like, I, yeah, anyways. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scoot on by that and just forget I said that. Um, but also, uh, you know, the 13th uh, chapter concludes with Jesus telling the disciples that even they will deny him in the days ahead. Even, the, even they, like, think about that. Uh, that should be comforting to us, because here these guys are, they're walking with Jesus, they're talking with Jesus on a daily basis, they're learning from Jesus on a daily basis, (laughs) and Jesus comes and says, even you will deny me, and like, that should be comforting to us because I, I blow it sometimes. Maybe I'm the only one here. I don't know. But I, I, anybody else blow it occasionally? Like that should, that should or not so occasionally. Um, you know, that should, be, that should be comforting to us. But, um, you know, uh, knowing that their hearts were really troubled, especially Peter, Jesus begins to comfort them. And that's where we pick up in John 14. 1. And so I just, I wanted to give you that as uh, some background and setup, and uh, John fourteen one, I'm I'm reading from the NLT. It says this: Do not let your hearts be troubled. He knows their trouble. Jesus knows his 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 their hearts. He knows his his people. Uh, Do not let your heart be troubled. You have put your trust in God. Put your trust in me also. There are many rooms in my father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going away to a place for you. After I go and make a place for you, I will come back and take you with me. 
then you may be where I am. You know where I'm going, and you know how to get there. And Thomas says to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way to get there? Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one can go to the Father except by me. If you had known me, you would know my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. That is all we ask. Just show us the Father. Give us, give us just a little more proof. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time and you do not know me yet? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What I say to you, I do not say by my own power. The Father who lives in me does his work through me. Now this, this section is where we're going here in a, a second. So if you've tuned me out, tune me back in. Uh, verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me or else believe me because of the things I do. For sure, I tell you, whoever puts his trust in me can do the things I am doing. He will do, what, uh, he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Whoever you ask or whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so the shining greatness of the Father may be seen in the Son. Yes, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So let's just pause there. Just stick your finger right there on, on verse four, at the end of 14. But let's just pause there for a second. Do, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, that's an interesting phrase, in my name. Because you can gloss right over it and not really think about what it means. Like, have you ever been to a coffee house or um, a restaurant and you're with someone and they show up and they're like, um, I got to go to the bathroom. Will you just order the chicken fingers for me and I'll be right back? Like, you're placing that order in their name according to their wishes, right? Like, what if they came back and you were like, oh, yeah, I, I, I thought maybe you could use a salad instead. <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, 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 that was not what they, that was not according to their character, right? Right? That was not according to their character. That was not what they wanted done in their name. We do a lot of things in the name of, Right? There's a, you know, there's a lot of killing that takes place in the name of. Am I right about that? So much is done in the name of. And, and what Jesus means in my name here, in my name, is, is like according to my reputation. It's not so much like in the name of Jesus, I would like a Porsche. 
right? I don't know why I want why I said that, but like it's it's not like it's not like we say things in prayer. Like it says, we can ask anything right in my name, right? So, if in my name means according to my reputation or my character, right? That means we can ask for anything that is within Jesus's reputation. We can ask for anything that's within Jesus's character, and it will be done. It doesn't mean that we can ask for anything in his name and and expect to get it, right? Let's continue on. If you love me, in verse 15, if you love me, you will do what I say. The ESV says, you will keep my commands. Then I will ask my Father, and he will give you another helper. He will be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him. I wonder why that is. Why can't the world receive the Spirit of truth? The world can't receive him. It does not see him or know him. You know him because he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you without help as children without parents. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will see me no more. You will see me. Because I live, you will live also. When that day comes, you will know that I am in the Father. You will know that you are in me. You will know that I am in you. The one who loves me is the one who has my, who has my teaching and obeys it. My Father will love whoever loves me. I will love him and show myself to him. So that's kind of wordy right there, but, but the point that Jesus is making is that the Father is in Jesus, and, G- and Jesus is in the Father, right? And, and this, this uh, advocate, this, um, this helper, uh, this spirit of truth that is coming is the spirit of Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit, right? And so if, if the spirit is in Jesus and the spirit is in us and Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Jesus, I just confused myself. <laughs> right. Right. The, the spirit of Jesus lives on in us, right? And, and, and which connects us to Jesus, and Jesus is connected to the Father, right? But Jesus describes at the end here, the one who loves me is the one who has my teaching 
and obeys it. And my Father will love whoever loves me. Obedience, like, I think sometimes we get faith confused with a feeling or just a thing that we say, right? Something that we can say and maybe that makes it true, you know? Like it's a feeling that we have. But really what Jesus is describing is that it's not so much about faith as it is about being faithful. You catch that? It's about, like, like faith is less about a feeling and more about being faithful, right? Obedience. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about is like, like knowing Jesus, knowing his character, we can ask anything in the name of Jesus that is within his character to do, right? And that's what we're striving to become as a church, is a church that lives uh, less on a feeling of faith and more of a uh, faithful obedience to what God's word says to Jesus' example, and to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're pressing so hard into prayer right now. It's because it would have been really easy when we did the, the prayer challenge it would have, leading up to Easter. It would have been really easy for us to say, pray for five people uh, so that they'll come to church on Sunday on Easter, right? But that's not what, we, what I felt like we were supposed to do. That, that was kind of subversive motives, right? We want, we don't, we want people not to, uh, like, cool if they come on Easter or, or any Sunday or whatever, but we really want them to encounter Jesus, right? The, the encounter is the important part. And so, like, we're trying to be faithful and obedient the best way that we can into the things, the real things that Jesus has called us to do. And right here, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commands, right? And so, as the worship team comes back up, I want to challenge us as a church, right? Like, I want, just do me a favor and just close your eyes for a second. I promise not to do anything weird. <laughs> I want you to just picture Jesus before you. Maybe not the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus that's in the paintings, you know, but whatever Jesus looks like to you, I want you to just picture him. Whether it's the living Jesus, the one that walked among the disciples, whether it's Jesus on the cross, whether it's the, the resurrected Jesus that the disciples saw, or whether it's, the, it's the, the Jesus that is described in Revelations. I want you to just picture Jesus before you. And I want you to hear him ask you, do you love me? And I want you to keep in mind 
what this scripture says loving Jesus means. Do you love me? Spirit of truth, we just invite you into this moment. Lord, I pray that you would reveal any lies that we believe, any, uh, any things that, have, that we have within us that have feelings without action. Lord, help us to, Lord, be a... Lord, be willing to be uh, obedient even if it means that we look like a fool to the world. Lord, reveal to us the things that we don't walk, the things we talk. Lord, reveal to us Lord, just pull the veil of Satan's lies off of our eyes right now. Give us the courage to be vulnerable with each other. God, you're so good. We just love you so much. So grateful for you, Lord. You can open your eyes. Man. So I, I uh, started today by telling you about, you know, the week I've had, a couple weeks I've had, and, and uh, you know, uh, not only has Ricardo not been healed, but his back has actually gotten worse, I'm sad to say. So it is imperative that we continue on in obedience, lifting him up and anyone else who's suffering. It's imperative that we continue on in obedience to love people who are hurting and sick and in need of healing the way that Jesus the way that we love Jesus. Because we have to walk what we talk. And in church, sometimes there's a lot of talking and not a lot of walking. Does that make sense? You get what I'm saying? So for me, I've settled in my role as the clay. I keep my job, I do my job, I'm obedient to the potter, you know? I used to actually do ceramics in high school. It was a way to like take an actual class that I didn't really have to do anything in. And uh, like, I wasn't awesome at it, but I liked it a lot. And if you asked my parents, they would say I was like the ceramics Van Gogh or something like that. Um, <laughs> Their kitchen to this day is still full of my pottery. <laughs> but I, I just remember, 
it's really not that good, by the way. <laughs> but I just remember like sitting down at that wheel, the potter's wheel, and you know, like the clay never told me what it was supposed to be or told me what to do. You know, the clay was submissive to my vision and my skills, limited as they were. The father is way more skilled, but um, I'm embracing my role as the clay and allowing the potter to be the potter. And I'm just going to be obedient and I'm going to continue to lift up Ricardo and all of those people because here's the thing, is the temptation, and I promise I'm almost done, um, the temptation when we pray for something, the spirit is there and then it doesn't happen is to dismiss it, is to dismiss the possibility. Like clearly healing is not a thing or clearly that was just for the New Testament or the Old Testament or whatever. Like clearly you know, uh, well, you know, I knew it wasn't going to happen. We can't allow ourselves to dismiss the moment because we don't understand. We have to carry on in obedience. And that's what I'm striving to do. And I challenge you, church, my family, whom I love like my own blood, I challenge you to carry on in obedience and don't dismiss this moment. Press into it. Press into it. If the Lord leads you to pray for someone, get up out of your seat no matter what's going on and pray for them. It, I mean, not just in church as well, but, <laughs> you know, like, if the Lord gives you, like, a word or something like that. Not everybody gets words from the Lord, but like some people do. And like, I don't all the time, but sometimes I do, you know? And, and like, take the risk is what I'm trying to say. Press into uh, being obedient in your role. And that's what I'm gonna do. And that's what I hope we do as a family as we press into the moment. Um, I hope I've made one ounce of sense this morning, but I trust the Holy Spirit will, will um, give, give you whatever, whatever he was trying to say out of this talk. So, all right, let me pray. Jesus, thank you for being here in our very midst. Thank you for the richness of your presence. Thank you for family. Lord, we press into the moment. Lord, we don't shriek back, shrink back. We don't, uh, we don't give in to doubt because doubt is powerful. So we rebuke the spirit of doubt right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. And we don't just say that, Lord. Don't let us just say it. Let us live it. Let us walk it. Let us do more than just 
say it. Let us keep your commands, Father. We know that in your name, we can ask for anything that is within your reputation. And thankfully, Lord, you have a grand reputation. Lord, we step out in obedience. Lord, give us courage to take those steps, to take the risk, to minister to each other in the name of Jesus, according to his will. God, we love you. Just sense your presence in this family. So thankful that we're not just a church, Lord you're building a true family here and we come under the covering of Christ right now we say move Jesus move in every way move in the songs Lord move in the prayers move in the words Lord move in our discussions move in our grow groups Lord Move as we dance before you. May we move your heart, Father. We invite you to move. And it's in obedience that we will continue on to press into this moment. For you are the potter and we are the clay. In Jesus' name. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.